With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. One of the two. Oh, what a way to open the show with, you can't argue, the greatest Super Rugby franchise in Super Rugby history. Title after title. Oh, you can argue it. After title. You could argue it, but you'd lose. You could yeah. argue it, Sam, but you'd lose. What a franchise they are. Like... And this is going to be really tricky today. The Immortals from the Crusaders. I started writing a list. I had to stop. I had to stop. There are so, so many. And the first three franchises we did, some really good players missed out. And there's probably going to be, this is going to be the one where some fantastic players miss out. But there's only room for five. Have to have played for the Crusaders. Aren't currently playing anymore. Um, not coaches. So Wayne Smith, sorry, you know I love you, but you can't make it. Todd Black a can if he wants, because he played as well. We'll crack into that shortly. Give us a call 0800 150 811 as we get our Crusader Immortals. Crusaders today, Highlanders tomorrow, and at the end we'll have 25 Immortals. And we'll have a big ceremony for the Afternoons with Staffy uh, Hall of Fame. Or not. 
Also today, uh, Tony Johnson, speaking of rugby, he comes on every Thursday just after 2 o'clock. We'll preview this weekend Super Rugby, the ramifications, who beats who. I might just, um, we haven't spoken to him since we're down the mortals, I might just go through a few of the names. Uh, and Scotty Sattler is going to join us just after 2.30 to have a look back at uh, Origin 1 last night. And Sammy and I will talk about that during the show as well. Uh, it's very late, isn't it? It is very late. And, and just after 1, as you know, I like to do the odd non-sporting thing. Sean Wallace, the Dark Destroyer, is in the country. I went to a function last night called An Evening with Sean Wallace. It was brilliant. And he was he played the role of uh, Bradley Walsh, and we were all contestants. And we had a quiz night, interspersed with uh, wonderful stories of Sean Wallace and his life and behind the scenes. And so um, I hit him up come on the show tomorrow and he said he'd love to. So that's fantastic. So he'll be just after one. But uh, first and foremost, Crusaders Immortals. 0800 150 811 is the number to call or 8833 if you can't get to the phone. But I do love hearing love hearing you verbalise your nominations and why and memories of them, etc. I think the Crusaders is going to be tough, tough, tough. But give us a call. 0800 150 811. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Rightio. Crusader Mikey is first up. Wow, this must have been hard for you, Mikey. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, so hard. And it really hurts not being able to pick Sam Whitelock because mm. I think he epitomises everything about the Crusaders. Next year. Um, next year he'll go yeah, in. Yeah, next year. Yeah, well, maybe not because, like, um, you can't even pick Ryan Crotty because uh, he's laced up his boots this week. But he hasn't <laughs> played. Yeah, yeah, he has, has. Have they named the teams? Is he playing this week? I don't know if he'll play. Well, who knows? But, I mean, maybe maybe I'll. Maybe uh, Dan Carter be lacing up his boots at the series that we're getting at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah, we were saying yesterday that the Crusaders are having a very Chiefs-like season with injuries. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Um, controversially, I'm not going to pick Richie McCall or Dan Carter in okay. this lineup. Okay. I think if, if it was an All Blacks top five, absolutely. And they did play incredibly well for the Crusaders. But I'm just kind of thinking of people who just epitomised the club. Um, the, the real difficult one I also left out, and I really wanted to put him in there, was Liam McDonald, um, because he was fearless under the high ball. I, I think people forget what an absolute star he was for the Crusaders, but mm-hmm. couldn't pick him either. So who I have chosen, I have kept in Todd Blackadder. Um, I have kept in Justin Marshall, absolutely. Um, Kieran Reid was just a monster for us at number eight, so I've got him in there. Um, Big Brad Fawn, I'll throw in there as well. Yep. Um, but my absolute number one pick, um, and I know I who just, I, I know who I, you're going to say. I know who you're going to say. Say it. Say White, it. White Crockett. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. For me, the ultimate crusader, the irrepressible Andrew Mertens, my favourite player of all time. Lovely. Lovely. Well, here you've got um, you've got three of my five. Yeah, you probably picked. Uh, oh, I don't know who you would have picked. Actually, you would have picked Justin Marshall. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, and, and probably Andrew Mertens, I would have hoped. Yes. 
That's all the clues I'm giving you. That's all the clues I'm giving you. (laughs) Good on you, Mikey. (laughs) Cheers, bud. All right. Thank you. Cheers. See you, mate. Um, Someone just texted in a Fato Soalo. Remember that solo chip and chase try? He was rapid, the little man. Um, So he gets a vote already. Uh, Simon in the Tron. G'day, Simon. Good afternoon, Mark. Hey, uh, obviously, I've got five. Um, You said you had four locks. Um, four, locks, four lock, locked in. Lock yep. Locked in. Um, so I'm thinking Marshall and Mertens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you can't pick DC and um, Richie McCaw. Mm-hmm. And White Crockett's my other one. Beautiful. I love the Crock. 202 games. 202. 200. Yeah, we all think... Uh, Sam Whitelock, well, he's played a lot more tests than that too, you know, but um, 202 for one club's not bad, is it? It's damn good. Damn, and I know a lot of them were off the bench, so that probably helped with wear and tear, but he never shirked anything. Nah, nah. Big man. He's a big man. Mm. Sports shop in Nelson now. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. So, Hey, I've got to keep going. So do good I. Luck. Good on you, Simon. There we go. Let's have a look at the text messages uh, from Cameron. He's gone Caleb Ralph, Ben Blair, Sam Brunhall, Scott Bubbles Hamilton, and Mark Robinson. Cameron. Cameron. They get ticks. It's votes. Staffy, my five. Waisaki Satutu. Brent Ward. Nick White. Mossy Tuialii, he was brilliant. And Ron Cribb. Ron Cribb had one season, two seasons, or did he have a longer? Who was who am I thinking of? Okay, okay, Ken. Ken the blues man. Um actually I know what you're doing. They all played for the blues as well. I don't know if Mossy did. I don't know if Mossy did. He was brilliant. He he was an athlete. Good good nominations and votes. I've got a White Crocker, a Corey Flynn. Flinny. Oh, stalwart. Uh, Robbie Deans and Israel Dagg from an unnamed texter, finishing an 075. Thank you for your votes. Mertens, Marshall. Thorn with an E must be Reuben. Uh, Richie McCord, Dan Carter. Thank you for your votes. Actually move that to the red out column. Chris Jack, Afato Soalo, Andrew Mertens. Nice. Nice. Uh, one from Aperahama, good rugby man here. Richie McCord, Dan Carter, Todd Blackadder, Justin Marshall, Leon McDonald. They are going to be hard to head off. They are going to be hard to head off. Uh, Richie McCord, Dan Carter, White Crockett, Justin Marshall. Oh, Richie McCord, Dan Carter, White Crockett, Justin Marshall, Andrew Mertens. There's a theme here, folks. Norm Maxwell, Chris Jack, Norm Berryman and White Crockett. Oh, Sean, I like yours too. Let's find out what Gary from Upper Hutt likes from Crusaderland. G'day, Gary. G'day, Steph. Hey, I reckon oh, Mikey must be on drugs or something today. How can he leave out Sir Richie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Not, <laughs> not many other people have. <laughs> no, nah, that, that, that's what compelled me to ring up. I wasn't really going to ring up because, I mean, they're the least favourite team that I like. So um, this is hard for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'd definitely go Richie first. You got to have Dan Carter, then you got Mertz, then you got uh, Justin Marshall, and then for me, it was a toss-up between 
Wyatt Crockett and um, Todd Blackadder. And I oh, I go with Todd Blackadder. I mean, I just used to love watching that guy run around the paddock. He, he was, yeah, not the flashiest guy around, but just, oh, yeah, he was just a really good player to watch. He was old school, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, like I say, no frills, but hard as nails, big ticker on him. And thank God he's passed his genes on to his boy as well. So, you know, he's another one. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think he's a future immortal yeah. probably in 10 years or so. He's oh. he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he's, yeah, he's not far off being in that starting lineup full stop, you know. But, um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen there. But, oh, I'm meaning for the All Blacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I hope you can stay healthy. Yeah. I'm a bit concerned about the number of injuries he's had at a young age. Yeah, he throws himself about a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, leads with the head a bit too much. Get your head away from these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Awesome, Gary. What's the yeah. project today? Yeah. Project today is we're packing up, actually. We're finishing. Long weekend, yeah. Just packing up right now. Perfect. Yeah. That's a really long yeah. weekend. Yeah, and they're just having lunch at the retirement village. Might go in and sit in with them. Yeah, it looks quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> go and have some fish pie. I'm, I'm sussing out a room for myself. Yeah, yeah good boy. <laughs> All right, mate. Good to hear from you. Okay, catch up. See you, boy. There is the great man uh, Gary from Upper Hut with his selections. Um, a lot of text coming in. Um, please ask Staffy to repeat who the top five hurricanes were for yesterday, Jimbo. They were. Here there is. Cullen, Umanga, Lomu, Conrad Smith, Jerry Collins. That was the Hurricanes ones from yesterday. So many good ones too. When I started thinking about doing this last week, I thought the Crusaders would be hardest. Then I thought the Hurricanes would be hardest, uh, next hardest. Um, And I thought the Highlanders would be easiest um, but that's tomorrow. We'll save that for tomorrow. I do honestly think you could do 10 for the Crusaders and you'd have some unlucky ones. But uh, it's going to be votes. It's going to be votes. Um, I'll tell you who's been voted for so far. I haven't read all the texts. I haven't had all the texts. I've read all the texts, but the ones here's the names we've had so far Richie and Dan, Andrew Mertens, Justin Marshall, Kieran Reid, Matt Todd, Corey Flynn, Greg Somerville, Izzy Dagg. Andy Ellis, Chris Jack, Brad Thorne, Ruben Thorne, Luke Romano, Liam McDonald, White Crockett, Todd Blackadder. They're all the ones that have had, that's all at least one vote. So how many is that? That's five, ten, it's about 16, 17 names already. So it's going to be a spread vote. So make sure you do get your votes in for our Immortals uh, Hall of Famers for the Crusaders. Must have played for the Crusaders, not just coach, but had to have played and are no longer playing. Because when you're still playing, you have to wait until our next induction. 0800 150 Love to hear your comments on the players and, and your memories. If you can't make a call, uh, happy to take your text as well on the temper bedpost text machine. Double eight double three is that number. We'll take a break. Looking forward to chatting after that. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Um, <clears throat> James has told us he played, Dan Carter played 12 in 2003 World Cup off the bench. Uh, 
Never played 12 from 2004 onwards from James. And someone else says uh, 2003 where he played 12 and he played 10 in 2007. Dean said 2012. Staffy, do you think you'd have many changes if you did a Hall of Fame All Blacks and compared it to the Super Rugby one? I do. I actually do. One name that didn't make the Hurricanes, I think would potentially make the All Blacks. Oh, not with, with top five. It would be Manonu. I think he was fantastic All Black. Um, phones. Darren, g'day, buddy. Hey, Steffi, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm enjoying a mortal week. It's good. I, the way I've looked at it, because it pains me to give Crusaders any credit because they, they don't need it because they get too much. <laughs> Is which ones did I just did it just pain me to to see the Hurricanes play against? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I and I, I, I can't go past White Crockett. I mean, the, I think that the top the four that Sammy said can't. I don't think you can be beaten. Marshy, Carter, McCaw, and Reed. But I think White Crockett's got to be in there. Yeah, yeah. I just um, he's just a great man too. So are you saying Rick, yeah, just, who, who are you? Who are your? It, who are your five? Rick. Oh, I think McCaw and Carter's in everyone's top five. That's a given. I've got Marshy because before Aaron Smith, he was, you know, unbelievable. Mm. Um, and I've got Kieran Reid because he just, you know, he's just, just such a talisman um, in, in there. I mean, there's probably a couple of others. I think an honourable mention, and I think should go out to Zach Guilford because he's, you know, really struggling in life. But he did do a lot of good things for the Crusaders. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he was, um, <clears throat> for a couple of years there, he was phenomenal on the field. Oh, yeah. Around 2011 in the, in the World Cup for us, he was great. Mm. So, so um, whether or not there's a, you know, I wish they were, I wish rugby had helped them, but it unfortunately didn't sort of category. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, whenever I see him in the headlines, I a little piece me because I, I know the history of, you know, what he had to endure when he was so young with his father passing away. Yeah. Really feel for the guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good man, Darren. Thanks for the call as always, buddy. Enjoy your day. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Bye. Darren out of Aussie, 0800 150 811. You know, I said there were seven in the running after that last uh, news break. There's six in the running. Unless there's a surge for some of the others. Um, wouldn't take a rocket science if you've been listening in. Um, Staffy. Top four for me would be Blackadder, Crockett, Carter, McCaw. For your information, Richie's first club, Kurao, celebrates the 125th Jubilee this weekend. He'll be there. You want to go and meet Richie? Get to the Kurao centenary, I'd say. Buy your raffle tickets. Win a tin of peaches. Get yourself involved. Um, I haven't ticked those ones yet, so I'll keep that over there. Uh, Staffy, who's your offsider? DC played 12 only when Mertz was still around, but always as a 10, except for when Mertz was around. Uh, McAllister, 12 in 2007. Uh, Major on the bench, Nonu home. Nonu home. Mush! Ah, oh, the great man. The hit man. Watch out for the hit man. But what's he saying? Only played 12 when Mertz was around, but always a 10. Yep, so he played 12 when Mertz was around, and then once Mertz finished, he was always a 10. Right. Yeah, so he was he, a 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McAllister, 12. Just two. mixed up my World Cups, though. Oh, Forgive ma- me. Major but. was on the bench. Okay. Nonu home. Nonu home. What does that mean? You've been cryptic with me, Mush. Great palmy boys, hi. Man. 
I got your votes, Mushy. Um, Staffy, I did say me not picking McCaw and Dan was controversial. His grand from Marlborough texted in. I'm keen to hear his picks. Mikey G. Um, did he ring Graham from... No, I will go through. Actually, there's so many. I'm just uh, hurriedly going through, ticking, ticking. Uh, the Norms are getting a few votes. Maxwell and Berryman. Berryman was just phenomenal. There's so many good stories about Norm Berryman. I, I remember once he... Did he play in a game and then hitchhike home? He missed the flight or something and he ended up hitchhiking. Or something. So many good stories about Storm and Normie Berriman with the ponytail and the headgear and the big body. And uh, we've had a few people go Marshall Merton's Mayor Hoffler Matson. That was the, the big M backline. A few for them as well. Keen to hear your voices, keen to hear your stories, just like the ones that say this pains me. These are my favourites when I was a kid, this guy. Um, 0800 If you cannot text, uh, if you cannot call, happy to take your text. Temper Bear Post text machine is double eight double three. Still to come on the show, of course, we have Tony Johnson. We'll be previewing the weekend's uh, Super Rugby Pacifica. One round robin to go, and then we're into playoff mode next week. That's snuck up on us, hasn't it? And uh, also just, what are we, 20 minutes away or less? 17 minutes away, something like that. Sean Wallace, the Dark Destroyer, we're going to get him on the phone. He's in New Zealand for a few days doing a wonderful tour of New Zealand. I think a few of the venues have sold out, actually. It's like an evening with Sean Wallace, and I experienced it myself last night. It's brilliant. He's very engaging. He's entertaining. He's an open book. He has no secrets, and he takes questions from the floor, and he's asked some pretty interesting questions last night. Um, so I took the opportunity to ask him if he'd chat to us on the radio today, and he said, sure, which is just brilliant. I sold out in Napier, I think sold out in Invercargill. Um, it was 95% sold out last night at Eden Park, which was just, it's a magnificent venue for those sorts of things, the big long uh, members lounge in the, I never know, I think it's the North Stand. Uh, it was brilliant last night. The auction items, they had... Signed New Zealand singlets from Sir Murray Helberg, Sir Peter Snell, Sir John Walker up for auction last night. If I was more fiscally responsible in previous years, I would have bought one. Oh, unreal. So these are the sorts of things that go up for auction. Um, at the night with Sean Wallace, he takes no money. It all goes to charity. And it was the Field of Dreams charity last night, which was John Walker's charity, which he has set up to help kids um, from low socioeconomic areas to give them things like uh, sports teams, sports equipment, swimming lessons, a whole lot of things. Fantastic, fantastic charity, John Walker. I'm very much hoping in the not-too-distant future we can get him in studio for one of our spotlight hours. Um, hasn't been in the best of health for quite some time and he actually had uh, cataract surgery yesterday so he wasn't at the event last night but 0800 150 give us a yell we'll come back righto um, we got two text messages in that break no more phone calls so we're going to bring forward the big reveal I think oh hang on I've just got to do these two uh, lived in Christchurch since 92 after leaving Palmy Boys. If you go off players that have had cult following, it's got to be Mertens, Blackadder, Berryman, McCaw, Carter. 
Let me just add that to my one. Uh, kia ora, Steffi. Richie, Dan, Rito, Whitelock. Can't have Whitelock. Sorry, still playing. Uh, and Marshy, Chesbro, Grant and Hamilton. I love it when Kiwis or Aussies are listening in from Australia to our broadcast out of New Zealand. I love that connection. Uh, Mertz, Marshall, McCaw, Reed, Dag. Uh, DC was 10 at high school. Had to go to 12 to fit both him and Mertz. Then back to 10 when Mertz left. Ah. Mayor Hoffler and Berryman gets a shot. Um, hey, Staffy, I know you can't have them. But what about Billy Bush, Tane Norton and John Ashworth? Try messing with that front row. Best I've ever seen. That's from Mark. <laughs> yeah, they didn't play. So I know what you're saying, Mark. Fearsome. We had Billy Bush on the show once. Loved it. Um, I think just give me... I tell you what, fifth and sixth, there's one vote in it. But the votes have stopped, so let's reveal. Right, because there's so many names and so many votes, first of all, I'm going to give you the five runners-ups. So the next five after the top five, in no particular order, were Norm Maxwell, Norm Berryman, um, Leon McDonald, Reuben Thorne. I'm going to give you more than five here because they were all very similar number of votes. Izzy Dag, Corey Flynn, and Kieran Reid didn't make the five. So we're five first inductees into the Crusaders Hall of Fame. Richie McCaw. Do you want me to do them in order, Sam? Okay, Richie McCaw got the most votes. Second most, Andrew Mertens. And then we have a third equal, Dan Carter. And Justin Marshall. And then there are two separated by one vote. So one of them is going into the highly commended and one makes the top five. And making the top five... What do I do? The highly commended first or the top five first? Highly commended first, White Crockett. And making the fifth of the five... The Silver Fox told Blackadder. So there we go. In order, Richie McCaw, Andrew Mertens, uh, Dan Carter and Justin Marshall and Todd Blackadder. The highly commended uh, White Crockett just missed out on the five. Um, he'll probably go in next year with Sam Whitelock. Um, and Kieran Reid, Corey Flynn, Izzy Dagg, Reuben Thorne, Leon McDonald, Norm Berryman, Norm Maxwell. One thing that this whole exercise has emphasised to me is the quality of brilliant rugby men that either grew up in Christchurch, were exported or imported into Christchurch and made their rugby names with that magnificent franchise of the Canterbury Crusaders and your horsemen. How does Izzy make it? He didn't. Izzy was highly commended. This texter, uh, he got he got a <clears throat> he got a handful of votes. Izzy, um, 
Yes, but the Crusaders, they have set the standard. They have set the standard in performance on the field. So well done to those five. Richie, Dan, Andrew Mertens, Justin Marshall, Todd Blackadder. And tomorrow, the Highlanders. The Highlanders, and I've already started a little list that I think might make it. Haven't done my order, and in my on my list, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There will be more than that tomorrow, I am sure. A lot of people's they say a lot of people's second favourite team is the Highlanders, Honest Toilers, champions. They were champions as well, and good Southern men down there. All right, uh, we'll take a break. I want to pick Sammy's brains about Origin last night. Of course, a fantastic running at straight show yesterday with Sir Graham Lowe and Sir Ray Warren both on the show. Um, so I'll talk to Sammy about that. Uh, go back and listen to Running It Straight. Still, still pertinent. Um, but have a listen to that. All the podcasts are on our SENZ app or wherever else you get your podcasts. But we'll talk a little bit of origin with Sammy after this. The extra enthusiasm that Queensland have that I don't think New South Wales ever will. They feel like they've got to conquer a mountain every single time. Yeah, so I think Nathan Highmarsh said that with the drive show last night. He said it's it's sort of like the New Zealand-Australia rivalry, like you, the Queensland play with this chip. Um, I think Graham Lowe actually said it as well with us. Um, and... Look, I know it's I know it's a, a, a sort of line or a phrase that gets talked down a lot, especially like I know Joey Johns gets really fired up when people say that New South Wales don't care as much. But you you can't help after watching that game last night feel that Queensland bring a different sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Like New South Wales are a group of individuals that sometimes don't seem to put as much into it as Queensland do. Like Queensland, every single play, they're tapping each other on the backs. They're flying up into the line. I mean, the the real epitome for me, Steph, was a prop forward and Lindsay Collins out manoeuvres or out jumps James Tedesco, not only the New South Wales captain and fullback, but the uh, Roosters captain and fullback and arguably one of the best fullbacks in the game. Lindsay Collins, a prop forward out jumps him and Queensland end up scoring off the back of it. That, to me, epitomised much of that game last night. Um, and, you know, I'm not an NRL coach. I'm never going to be as high as Freddie Fittler. But if it was me, gee, I'd be cleaning house with that team. I'd be, you know, I'd bring in um, Dylan Edwards to fullback. I'd have Campbell, Graham, Latrell in the centres. I'd arguably even bring on Nico Hines for, for like a Luai. Or if you want to go really drastic, put Nico Hines and Cody Walker in the halves. Bring back Damian Cook have him play a rotating role with Arpi Coruscant because I think they missed that. They missed the hooker, ro- a hooker rotation like the Queensland side had. So who played hooker when Arpi went off? No one. He didn't... He, didn't, he stayed uh, on. Well, he did... He did uh, I'm trying to think if he did... I'm pretty sure he did play most of the 80 minutes. I'm just trying to cast my mind back if he did. I thought they were going to put Luai into um, into hooker and put Nico into 5'8", but Freddie had said he was going to put Nico into the number nine. So I'm just trying to work out if Arpi did go a off. starter. He's not an impact player. Well, it's, player. he's a Dalian medalist. I yeah. mean, you, you find ways to put these other guys in the team, like Toby, uh, Tommy Turbo in the centres. I mean, let's be honest. Turbo had one good game before Origin that got a selection. He was nowhere last night. Absolutely nowhere. Um, and the kicking game from Cleary was well off, big time. Cleary had it. Personally, for me, I thought Cleary didn't play well. I thought Stephen Crichton botched, botched a number of opportunities on that edge for, for Brian Toto. Um, and that was the difference. The Origin tries are scored on the edges. You don't score many origin tries through the middle. They're scored on the edges. Hamaso Tabai Fido scored two. Selwyn Cobo scored two. Brian Toe had about Fido's four opportunities. One was brilliant. Oh, yeah, he burned out O'Carr. Oh. It was fantastic. So, as a New South Wales fan, like I'm sitting here going, man, this is, you know, 
Queensland have got up again and it's up at Suncourt for game two. So, you know, series on the line. 3-0, $8.50. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Maroons were fantastic. Ruben mm. Cotter's just immense. Um, the hooking rotation, phenomenal. Cam Munster steps up when he needs to. We'll have more Origin chat with Scotty Sattler after the 2.30 news, but right after the 1 o'clock news with Karen, we're going to be talking to the Dark Destroyer from The Chase, Sean Wallace. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I just had a text and saying, Sam, what do you reckon about Nico Hines to fullback for Tedesco from Sean? I'm not totally against it to put Nico on the field. Um, and I do think that um, Teddy, whether or not he's fading is, is up for debate. But I feel like 2023 hasn't been a good year for him, both with the Roosters and that game at Origin last night. So, yeah, look, Nico's played fullback before. He's a, he's a great ball runner. Um it's either him or probably Dylan Edwards, isn't it? Unless you want to shift Latrell back and keep the centre pairing or bring Campbell Graham in, you know, but put Latrell back at so fullback. So they've got options. This is the thing. They've well, got options. They, will, will Freddie take them? And that's and here's the thing, Steph. So much pressure on Freddie now because whatever decision he makes is going to be scrutinised. Whether he stays with the team that he's got, it'll be scrutinised. Whether he makes these changes, it'll be scrutinised. If they don't win the series, Freddie's gone. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's gone. And probably his staff with him. So that would include Joey um, and Brandy and some of the others. So, uh, yeah, look, New South Wales. It's so funny that you almost say New South Wales in disarray when they have one of the best sides they've had in years. On paper, one of the best teams they've fielded over the last couple of years. Actually, the most amazing thing, and you've just said it, is Joey John's gone. Like, Well, they probably... I think they'd get rid of all of the support. Like, you know, they clean house and start again. The other thing is Payne Haas. I mean, this guy's the best prop in the game. Play, can play 80 minutes if you want him to. I think he went off after about 30 minutes. Didn't come back until 60. Yeah, he played 50 minutes and had the most running metres. Yeah. I mean, just why was that, wasn't that guy on for longer? But yeah. anyway. Anyway. Um... You know we play the chase every week. We're going to play it soon. Not now. Don't ring now. But first of all, it is a great privilege to welcome both to New Zealand, and I was in the crowd last night, uh, uh, evening with Sean Wallace, and he has agreed to have a chat to me and to all of you. Uh, Welcome, and Sean, great to be talking to you. Have I got you there, Sean? Uh, I... Okay, he's flicked over to the other side. Sean, have I got you now? Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm fantastic, and I was lucky enough to be at the audience with Sean Wallace last night. I just, the very start of last night, and they introduced you, and you had about a 100-metre walk from the side door to the stage, and the applause didn't didn't die down. You were welcomed as one of us. How did you feel just, just that instant? Uh, it was just really wonderful to actually be uh, greeted in the way I was. Uh, you know, I obviously had my sort of dark destroyer persona, dark glasses, walking onto the stage, looking tough, talking tough. But uh, I melted the minute I sort of opened my mouth and was speaking to the uh, crowd. were very supportive in the uh, uh, wonderful arena that is uh, Eden Park National Stadium uh, for the uh, Field of Dream charity. Where, where did your love of New Zealand come from, Sean? 
ever since I was a yeah, little kid, I'm always asked about why New Zealand. Uh, you know, as a young boy, I knew where New Zealand was, you know, the furthest place uh, uh, in a far from corner of the world. And I always wanted to visit it. And I used to love watching New Zealand sports, in particular the All Blacks. Um, you know, Sig Going was one of my heroes, uh, you know, that uh, brilliant scrum half. And I remember the Lions tour when the Lions first beat New Zealand in New Zealand in 1971. But I've always had an affection for the uh, New Zealand sort of uh, sporting prowess. And you got to meet one of your sporting heroes, Sir John Walker, yeah. who's just a treasure yeah. of New Zealand society. Um, take us to the moment you absolutely. got to shake his hand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I met him the day before, um, you know, I, I have to pinch myself because, you know, sometimes I think I'm living in a parallel universe. You know, these are the people who you saw, used to watch on TV and, you know, I used to idolize. And I remember when he won the Olympic gold medal in 1976 in the Montreal Games, winning that 1,500 meters and sort of putting his hand in the air, you know, in uh, celebration of his uh, wonderful victory. And to meet him in person was fantastic. And uh, when I heard that uh, he had a charity called the Field of Dreams and... Um, what he did uh, or what he does for that charity in terms of, uh, you know, allowing 1.7 million children being able to swim from an underprivileged background. You know, it aligns for my philosophy in terms of using your fame in a sort of altruistic way to try and help others. And, uh, you know, it's made me idolise them even more. We know, we see snippets of you. Obviously, you're the dark destroyer on TV. So I just wanted to explore a little bit that we don't know about you, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. What you do when you're not part of the chase? I go back to my day job as a practicing barrister. So, you know, I've been a barrister for the last 39 years now. So I'm still a criminal defence lawyer. And when I uh, leave these wonderful shores, I've got to prepare for another trial, which I'm starting at the beginning of July in Southampton Crown Court. Wow. So how many, how's your time split, Sean, across a year of 52 weeks? How, how many weeks are you filming? How many weeks are you being a barrister? Uh, well, we do a lot of filming schedules. So we film in about um, you know, seven blocks or three weeks per time. Uh, and obviously we've got to work around Bradley's uh, ever-increasing hectic schedule because he does, apart from the chase, he does a show called Blankety Blank. He's got his own show with his son. Uh, he's going to be uh, the new host of Gladiators when he returns to our screens in the autumn. So, you know, Bradley's a man in demand, and obviously, we, you know, we've got to take into account his working schedule. Do you prefer taking on the public, or do you like those celebrity ones with chasing the chasers, or when, when all of you are on there? I, 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 I'm uh, equally happy and uh, adept to all three formats. I, I suppose if I had to choose, I'd prefer to be solo. Because uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're using, you're pitting your wits against uh, a possible uh, team of four. So, you know, that's my preferred format. That's a format which obviously has catapulted the show into not just the national consciousness in New Zealand and England and Australia, but, you know, franchises around the world. I think amongst the chasers, Sean, you play the mind games the best with the others. Uh, like you're very consistent with let's get into it, Brad, when he says chaser, let's get into it, Brad. One uh, one question shootout just puts a little bit more pressure on the contestant. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm going to be forever synonymous with that catchphrase, you know, uh, the one question shootout. And I do that to basically put them under pressure. You know, can you get the question right? Because if you don't, I'm going to get it right. And, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, I, I say about... Uh, 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 you know, nine times out of ten, um, I pull it off because it really gets to them. 
something I've always wanted to know, when you um, make the offers, you know, 1,000 low offer, 32,000 yeah. high offer, have you got a budget that you're allowed to work within parameters? Do you have any say in that or is that no, the producers? Uh, no, no, Mark, because obviously the show is so phenomenally successful now. Uh, you know, it's heavily sponsored. So the offers we make are always performance related. And when I mean that, I mean in relation to how the contestant does in the cash builder and how we are performing as chasers. So you see where Bradley um, asks, asks the questions mm. on screen. Yeah. Mark? Yep. To his left, um, uh, he will take a, a break in between the cash builder and the questions to actually, you know, go through with the uh, producer questions setters, uh, pronunciation of words. There's a big uh, a dark screen. Beyond that dark screen is where we sit. And we've got TV monitor screen so we can see the performance uh, of uh, the contestants. And somewhere in the studio complex are the producers. And they relay via uh, the chase of producer friend who sits next to us what the uh, potential offers are going to be. Gotcha, gotcha. And so it's always performance-related. Yeah, and it's amazing how nerves get to some contestants. Like, I think you can see, we can all can see, they're way better than what they do. It's just the lights, the camera, you staring yeah, at sometimes. them. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but other contestants thrive on it, and those contestants who thrive on it are not intimidated in the surrounding circumstances in which they find themselves in. They're only confident in their own ability. They're not frightened to get a question wrong, and they don't get into what we call a pass spiral. By that, I mean either they get a question wrong or they're fixating on the question they got wrong without listening to what Bradley's asking in terms of the next question. So, um, you know, those contestants do well if they concentrate on their own ability. What's the biggest number you've chased down in the final chase? Um, the, the one you saw yesterday, 23. That's the, the, the highest number. Uh, the, I've many, I, I uh, just about missed down chasing down a 26. I've got 24. Uh, and that was because I uh, pronounced the question wrong uh, as I'm trying to sort of uh, chase the time. So uh, the record um, chase is uh, held jointly by Mark and Paul for 26. Yeah, that one last night was phenomenal. I think you got about 12 questions in 40-something seconds. It was absolutely... Yeah, in 42 seconds, yeah. I couldn't afford to make a mistake, yeah. I just had to go for it, yeah. It was just phenomenal. Is it lucrative for you, Sean? Say it again, say Mark. Is it lucrative financially for you? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, for a part-time gig, of course it is. Um, so, you know, I'm really, really... When I first started uh, the uh, chase, the pilot, I got paid £100 an episode. <laughs> you know, now I get uh, something in excess, uh, in excess of £3,000 per episode and uh, something close to almost £5,000 for the beat chaser. So I'm not... Um, uh, averse to not mentioning how much I get paid. So, um, you know, my life's an open book. So I've written an autobiography, so... Is it, is it, People ask me, I'll tell them. Are you incentivised to beat the final chase? Because if you don't beat them, you could be given away 35 grand. Are, are you uh, are you incentivised to beat them? No. Uh, the only incentive we have is professional pride. Right. Uh, so, you know, we don't get paid uh, if we... Uh, um, when we don't have our money deducted if we lose. Um, you know, that's for the uh, producers to make the offers they make because obviously they know that uh, they've got a massive budget to play with by virtue of the fact that the shows are so uh, popular that sponsors, um, you know, attract themselves to it. Um, 
something people here may not know, um, I knew, but the story you told last night about when you won Mastermind, it was so much more than just winning Mastermind, what it meant for you as a person, you representing your family and your people and people of colour. Yeah. Um, yeah. can, can, can you talk us through that, you know, the final episode and what you did between the final episode filming and then the final episode uh, episode airing? Well, as I say, you know, when they, I actually won the title uh, the, um, on June the 14th, 2004, and they broadcast it on December the 5th and the 6th uh, of 2004. So I had a six-month gap uh, between me actually winning it and they finally broadcasting it. And that gave me time, Mark, to reflect in relation to the fact that, you know, what I had achieved, uh, you know, as a black person on TV was phenomenal. Because, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you never saw black people on TV, let alone an intellectual quiz show. Mm. You know, so for me to actually make uh, that uh, groundbreaking um, uh, win, it was like, according to what I said, uh, because it was a quote of the week in the Times newspaper, so far as black people was concerned, it was like uh, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. And it was. But, you know, what it demonstrated, Mark, is that we do have the same intellectual capacity as our black counterparts, as our white counterparts. So uh, the mere fact I am black, it doesn't mean to say that... uh, I don't have the same intellectual capacity. So um, it was a groundbreaking uh, decision, but I knew it was going to change my life. But one thing, Mark, I was determined that it wasn't going to change me. Because, mm. you, know, you know, flame can be fleeting, and if you allow it to seduce you, it will control you. And uh, when the powers that be uh, take fame away, you're left floundering um, with nothing but an empty shell. So, you know, to be as successful when I was at uh, the late age of 44... It allowed me to have the experience to appreciate fame uh, and to be grateful for where I am now because 25 years ago, I was Sean Who. <laughs> now I'm one of the most recognised uh, faces not only in the UK, but most certainly in New Zealand and in Australia and most of the English-speaking world. Yeah, because being mastermind champion in that era, that that was royalty. That, that, was, enor- that was the era of game shows and that was the game yeah. show of game shows. Yeah, absolutely, and it still is, especially in, in Britain. It is the creme de la creme, and to still being uh, the only black person to won it. Hopefully, one day somebody will of colour will emulate my achievement because it's not about me uh, being uh, uh, a, a champion of colour in isolation. Uh, to show that um, other people of my ilk and my colour, my culture can do it, uh, I w- I'd love to see uh, somebody else emulate that achievement. The thing I found interesting, Sean, is, as you say, six months between filming and airing that final episode, just before the final episode aired, you left the country. Yeah, I did, because I knew um, the lead-up to the grand final, um, because I was the last person to qualify for the grand final, and uh, apparently the newspapers were full of uh, um, um, comments. Is Are we going to see television history? And I didn't want people to basically sort of harass me or harangue me uh, in relation to did I win? I wanted the people to actually watch it as if it was live. Mm. So, um, and because at the time when I won, Mark, uh, it was a tie break. It was a tie between uh, first and second. And the only reason I won is because I didn't pass and uh, the runner up did. And I think I saw, said jokingly, why didn't you pass you? And I was asked, and I said, I only passed when I'm playing football. So <laughs> for me, um, it was about, uh, you know, Taking my time to realise, you know, once it hits the newspapers, then, you know, um, my life's going to change. I didn't want, uh, in the lead up to the grand final, 
to be harassed in that way. So that's why I left, and I decided to actually, you know, play, play a chicken my mum in particular <laughs> by making her worry. So because she didn't know where I was for that whole week leading up to the grand final. So tell us when you returned. How long after it aired did you return, and what was your return like? I, I returned the um, the night of the second showing of the because uh, they showed it twice, and you know. They, that was the first time and only time in the show's history that they broadcast the grand final on two occasions. Firstly on BBC on Sunday night and on the um, main BBC One studio the um, uh, the following day on the Monday evening. So they wanted to attract so more, uh, many more viewers and apparently I got about three, four million viewers watching that night. So I heard, but I didn't see it myself. <laughs> so c- coming through customs, um, instantly recognised? Oh, that was great fun when I took me trophy to uh, Jamaica, yeah. So I wanted to have fun with um, the customs. So I, I, I made myself look so suspicious like I was a drug dealer. And as I'm coming through customs, I could see uh, out of the corner of my eye a customs officer. And he approached me and asked me if I had something which I shouldn't have. And I gave him a sort of cryptic... Uh, 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 belief that I did have something. So he took me into this vast hall and searched my luggage. And when I pulled out the Mastermind Trophy, he realised, having watched it the night before, that I was a Mastermind champion. And he was so astonished. Everybody in the room stopped what they were doing. And uh, he was so he was so excited. It's like he wanted to pack my suitcase. So I said, nah, nah, blah, 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 blah. And I was giggling. I tell you, I was... Uh, it, was, it was really funny. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Sean, I could talk to you for an hour, but I won't. You've got a very busy schedule here in New Zealand, and um, I'm in my studio, which, uh, to coin your phrase, it's just another day in the office, but you made it really enjoyable for me joining us just for a few minutes, Sean. Um, so good to see you over in New Zealand, mate. And, um, we Thanks, Mark. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your time. I will, bro. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sean Wallace. Sean Wallace, the Dark Destroyer. Um Hasn't got as good a record as me. (laughs) We're going to play the chase now. Seen it's topical. We didn't play it yesterday. We're moving it actually to Thursday's theme because particularly while running it straight still on, we just don't have a time on a Wednesday. So surprise, surprise, we're going to play the chase now. 0800 150. Croaky voice, you might get me. You might get me. 0800 150 811. That's the number to play the chase. Call now. Well, this has sprung a surprise on me, Sam. We have a guest chaser. I didn't know okay, until about 60 seconds ago. Let's be careful here because people are probably thinking it's Sean, it's Sean Wallace. It's not Sean Wallace, people. He uh, was going to come and do it, but he got double booked. So we were going to keep that as a surprise, but he got double booked. And he did want uh, he did want to put us first, but we, we said, no, no, Sean, you do your thing. So yeah. uh, he did really value uh, the afternoons with Staffy Chase on a Thursday now, Staff. Yes. Anyway, we've got Alvin on the line, I believe. Uh, I don't know where you're calling from, Alvin. Where are you calling from? Uh, Auckland. Auckland. Great. I was going to say great city, but it really isn't. Um, <laughs> Alvin, <laughs> you know how it works, my friend. 60 seconds on the clock, 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. If you pass a move on straight away, if you get one wrong, give you the right answer. Just need you to select from set A or set B on our questions this afternoon. We'll go set A. Set A. Okay, Alvin. How's your sporting knowledge, by the way, mate? You confident? Yeah, pretty confident. In the words of the chaser, Sean Wallace, don't get yourself into a pass spiral. Steph, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to put 60 seconds on uh, for you, Alvin. Your time is going to start in three, two, one. Which Kiwi teams occupy the top three spots on the Super Rugby ladder? Crusaders, 
Keith Hurricanes. Blues was the third. Who was the first try scorer in State of Origin game one last night? Uh, the Hammer, Fido. Correct. Which team does fictional football coach Ted Lasso manage? Uh, the Richmond Dogs. I'll take Richmond. Who holds the record for the fastest delivery in a cricket match for New Zealand? Ooh. Shane Bourne. Correct. Which two teams will contest the NBA Finals? Uh, Denver and Miami. Yeah. How many French Open tennis titles did Rafa Nadal win? I'm going to say 14. Correct. Who are the co-captains of the Chiefs? Uh, Sam Kane and Brad Webber. Correct. Who do, uh, where do the Warriors currently sit on the NRL ladder? Eight. Correct. What, uh, what is the name of the New Zealand women's national football team? Uh, the White Ferns. Football Ferns. Who is currently top of the ICC uh, test rankings? Men's. Uh, India. Oh, did he get it in time, Steph? Oh, I think he snuck in there. Oh, there's a bit of a delay as well on the phone. So I'll give you India. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Woo! That is a big ta- tally to chase down. And your chaser for today is none other than... I can't remember what we gave him as a nickname, Steph. Are he we, did have a nickname. Uh, oh, it's the the rest, the old wrestler. Um, the Hitman. The Hitman. The Hitman. That's right. I didn't even have the music. That's poor form on our part, actually. Uh, that's what happens when you're down to you're just job, your own. Samuel. Just when you're on your own. Uh, so we got Brad Lewis, B. Louie, Bluey, in the chair for you, Alvin. He's uh, one from one on the chase Can I help so him? far great, this season. Great score. Great score, Alvin. Well, it's a strong, it's great a strong job, score. Mate. So everyone knows how it works. And I'm, I'm packing myself. Let's, yeah, literally. let's do this, Bradley. 60 seconds. <laughs> 60 seconds, Bradley Walsh. 60 seconds. Uh, if he gets one wrong, we stop the clock, and uh, you get to push him back. Alvin, he cannot pass. And I feel... Staff's feeling very confident. I can't. Okay. Did, you, did you just say I can't pass? No, you can't. No, you pass, and that counts as a wrong answer. We stop the clock. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, right, 60 seconds for you. Alvin, your time will start in... Well, sorry, for Brad. Your time will start in three, two. One. How many times have the Blues won Super Rugby? Three. Correct. Where is Game 2 of State of Origin? Uh, Queensland, Brisbane. Correct. Suncourt. Man City and Arsenal finished first and second in this year's Premier League. Who was third? Manchester United. Correct. Who was at the other end when Brendan McCullum was clean bowled in the 2015 final? Martin Guptill. Correct. When did Scott Dixon win the Indy 500? 2009. Stop the clock. When did Scott Dixon win the Indy 500, Elvin? Say 2013? No, 2008. 2008. You got to drink the uh, drink the milk. Uh, so you are on four as it stands, Brad. You're flying pretty high. Your time will start again in three, two, one. Who are the current Major League Baseball champions? Uh, the Houston Astros. Correct. Andy Reid is the coach of which NFL team? Kansas City Chiefs. Correct. Where are the 2028 Olympic Games? Paris. Stop the clock. Oh. Where are the 2028 Olympic Games? Fast but incorrect. Alvin? Mm, I'm just going to say Los Angeles. What a ticker from your son. Woo! So uh, he got up to six now, Brad. You're back to five. Your time will start again in three, two, one. What is the name of the competition? Former South African Super Rugby teams now playing. Curry Cup. Stop the clock. What is the name of the competition? Former South African Super Rugby teams now playing, Alvin? Uh, oh, the European Championship? No, it's the United Rugby Championship. The URC I would have accepted. That's okay. So Brad's still on five, three to catch. Your time will start again in three, two, one. Who is the current coach of the English rugby team? Um, oh, God, I've had a blank. Um, uh, uh, Borthwick. Correct. Which team is currently top of the NRL ladder? Penrith. Uh, Correct. Alan Shearer has the most goals in Premier League history. Which player is number two, current player? Pass. Stop the clock. Alan Shearer, the most goals in Premier League history. Which current player is number two, Alvin? Ooh, I'm going to say... Uh, 
What's the what's the name? Uh, Harry Kane. Mm. Wow, oh, done. Now Elvis. Brad was on seven, I think. There, he's back to six. He got two to catch. Brad, your time will start again in three, two, one. What was the series score in the last Ashes? Four 0 That is correct. Uh, which uh, Olympics did Eliza McCall? Oh, I just ran out of time. <laughs> I just ran out of time. I was, chase, I was rushing to get there. Brad with seven. I mean, I think you ended up getting ten. My but you questions got back. were very long. There was a couple of long ones in there. There were a couple of long ones just in there. a couple of 10 seconds. Should we go to the bunker? I'll just, uh, I will say that Elvin was very quick on his answers. And uh, Brad, you did take a long time with Steve Borthwick. That, that chewed up valuable, I valuable did. seconds. You're right, Samuel. Uh, the question I was trying to get out, which Olympics did Eliza McCartney win her bronze medal in? Uh, 2000, well, it was like five years ago, right? So well, I'm going to need a specific date, Brad. Thanks. Uh, and. <laughs> What are we at? 18? <laughs> you feel like there's more pressure 18. now in the clogs than 18. 18. 2016. So, oh, yeah, you wouldn't have. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Rio. I would have said Rio. Yeah, well, that, I would have accepted that. Yeah. Um, there you go. Alvin. Alvin, what a champion. What an out. I can't believe we haven't heard from you before. I was nice going to say, Alvin, you, you might. Oh, I friend. had a controversial chase with you ages ago, like oh. early on in the piece. Oh, was that controversial draw that I just, the siren went. And yeah, it, the recount was stuffed up. Yeah. And we're <laughs> so still I've got wait, you before. We're, we're still waiting for the date from the Privy Council. You have earned yourself. <laughs> you have earned yourself the right to take on staff uh, at, at another stage, Alvin. I think you've. You've proven yourself this afternoon. Absolutely. And we'll put the 100,000 e-cash up for grabs when you do. <laughs> Brad, Brad, unfortunately, Brad, um, now one from two, but, um, you know, you can't. All, we can't all be the Dark Destroyer. Yeah. We can't all be the Dark Destroyer. Yeah. We do need the, the Duchess and the, the Cinnabon. The Vixen. Sorry. Mm. Thank you, guys. I feel, I, feel bad, I feel bad for Brad because the questions were tough. Brad did amazing. You did well, actually, because yeah, you got you got about ten right. You just got pushed back twice or three times. It's all good. That's the game. That's yeah. the game. That team. is the game we play. That's the game. And that the is the chase. And we're going to do it on Thursdays. I don't know what time yet. Um, we just decided to bring it forward early after the chat with Sean Wallace. So let's go to the wonderful Karen with new sport and weather. Uh, and we've still got TRB catch up and what's making news and other stuff. Let's go TAB side with the great man Brendan Popperwell. Late night all around, I'd imagine, for HQ at the TAB. In fact, as of today at Entain, uh, with State of Origin late last night, and it's always a high turnover. Who came out on the right side of the ledger, do you reckon? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Steph, there was a, a mountain of cash for, for Queensland uh, in the last, oh, would have been the last sort of six or seven hours leading into that match. There was a, a, a number of good bets, so I'd say that the, the punters might have just found themselves in that winning ledger. And of course, they were the outsiders in the field, and I, and I guess you would have had that chance to, to maybe play a little bit of New South Wales when it was 10 0 uh, in the match to be able to cover yourself if you were on. Uh, Queensland around that that two ten or two o two somewhere around that mark. So yeah, great game, and uh, now they're they're favoured to go all the way with the next game at Suncorp. And speaking of Origin, of course we've got another one tonight in the women's uh, field as well. The New South women's New South Wales women versus Queensland, and all the money is with New South Wales in this one at a dollar forty two. Queensland uh, are sitting at two dollars and seventy cents. 
but we have seen uh, um, uh, probably a healthier bit in the last hour or so around Queensland, 500 on them at 275. So that's uh, that's our league uh, for the night to look forward to in the state of Oregon for the women. Um, big match uh, at home again at Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart. Uh, Dolphins, like the darlings, the darlings of the NRL this year, but we want to de-darling in them this weekend. And uh, Warriors, really important match for them. Some good troops coming back. Is that reflected in their price and in their support? Yes, yeah, their support is, is strong here with um, 142 Warriors, Dolphins 275. Oh, I think they're key guys that come back into the lineup for the Warriors this weekend. And to just hear Mitch Barnett's name mentioned mm. uh, back in amongst the, the Warriors, I, I really do think that's key for the season going ahead if we can have Mitch Barnett playing uh, for, the, for the Warriors. So, yep, that's where all the money is centred around. But you're right, though. The Dolphins have very quickly become that second thing for a number of punters out there, and that's because they've been outsiders in these type of games and they've prevailed, beating the Roosters and, and, and beating all those sort of big-gun teams that were not expected or when they got out, uh, what was it, the Titans game where they were behind by so many and created an NRL record. So, look, they've got a following, and there's been money for the Dolphins on the 1-12 to line, which sits at $4. Warriors in that market are 288, 1-12. But 13 and over favourites at $2.50. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting game that on Saturday. And tomorrow night, uh, Blues Highlanders. I just every time I look at this game this week, I'm just thinking Highlanders hijack. Uh, they will be well up for it. Um, they just need to tap mm. into that energy they got when they came from off the pace to win their title. No Bowden Barrett, Perifeta starting after not much rugby, Plummer into second. Five. It's not their top team, the Blues. And the Highlanders, yeah. I'd I just give them a sniff, Pops. Yeah, I, I, this is a slippery game. And, and if you are looking anywhere around the Highlanders, and this is a classic game to do this, is to look towards those point starts and find the point start you like. Mm. Now, there's 24 and a half on the Highlanders at $1.37. Surely they're not losing this game by more than 24 points. $1.37 or $1.50 on plus 21.5 on the Highlanders. That's where we've seen some movement in the market, and plus 18.5 at 167. Yes, the $5 looks to be the attractive line that you want to take if you think they can win, but if you think they can be close, can be in the game, maybe that's where you start working towards for your weekend multis. I'm going to go somewhere I don't normally talk with you, and that is UFC. And the pocket rocket, the wrestling coach of the Warriors, he's back doing what he does best and he's got to start in the octagon. Kaikara France taking on Amir Albazi. Um, everyone was saying it should be a close match. Kaikara France says he just wins, but that's that's what they're supposed to say. Uh, it's Sunday, uh-huh. around somewhere between 3 and 3.30. I think he's time to go. Really well supported, usually, uh, the city kickboxing fighters. Oh mate, it's just uh, even though the the line here is one eighty seven versus one ninety, uh, at this stage it's around about sixty five to seventy percent of our betting is all around Kaikata France. So one eighty seven, and I would almost suggest there could be a little bit a bit of movement in this market. So if you do want to take the one eighty seven and whip it through some multis, maybe look at doing that uh, shortly. Uh, the other option that's been taken to is Kaikata France to win by points, mm. which is currently sitting uh, at a juicy 287 uh, is where we see things there in the method of victory. So, 
Yep, at this stage, one-way traffic, really, Steph. Mm, perfect. All right, Pops, you enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, Steffi. You have a good one, man. Cheers, mate. Brendan Popperwell there from the TAB. TAB.co.nz or download the app if you so desire. Hey, Zade, you're our UFC uh, expert. Can you just text into the show, double eight double three? Kaikara France. Kaikara France, Zade. Um, if you were going to have a little investment, I just see Kaikara France by KO or TKO is 550. Points 287. Submission, $15. Could he get a submission, Zade, at $15? Shall I put $10 on him by 15 So, Zade, you, you just text the show, and I'll read it out. Kaikara France, how does he win on Sunday? You let me know. Um, some texts I hadn't got to. Staffy, surely with the Warriors playing the Dolphins, you'll be catching up with your mate Wayne. Ask him some hard questions. Your last interview was gold. Can't wait. Maybe something on last night's Origin game would be good too. Cheers, Dean. <laughs> Uh, maybe I should make that that should be my pinnacle interview is to get the real Wayne Bennett on that was gold actually Um, what else have I got here oh just more more text votes and if you you just if you missed out on us um, getting the Crusaders Immortals the five that were inducted in order in the afternoons with Staffy Immortals Hall of Fame for the Crusaders Richie McCord Dan Carter Andrew Merton's Justin Marshall, Todd Blackadder. That's how it rolls. Get your thinking caps on for the Highlanders because we're going to do that tomorrow. But we shall return very shortly with What's Making News. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent... And a horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Mm-mm-mm. Breaking news. Developing. Stories. Zaid says Kaikara France will win by <laughs> knockout. Kaikara France, yeah. Um, knockout, not submission. All right. You yeah, here first. And not points. ECNZ, Th- Kiwi Th- for Sport. Thank you, Zade. Um, maybe I should do this in a newsreader voice. We've talked about this, haven't we? Doing this in a newsreader voice. Do it. One sort Just of do the first story. Just do the first nah, story. No, no, no. No, I can't. I can't. I w- that would be putting this whole segment under a shroud of illegitimacy. And we know how much, how important this is for a lot of people out there listening. Uh, you know, if you're talking about your News Talk ZBs, your RNZs, your bulletins at the top of the hour are what people keep them for. Well, on our show, it's what's making news. And it's what you need to know today, now, here. Am I padding? Absolutely not. Let it roll. You know the cheese race, right? Yes. And um, Mark Ellis won Glou- one year. Glou- Gloucester? Is it Gloucester? Gloucester. 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 Um, well, actually, no, it's a double a double Gloucester cheese wheel that they roll down the hill. Is it in Gloucester, though? Cooper's Hill. It is in Gloucester in southwest England. Right, so this happens every single year. You all know about it. You'll see the videos online. The cheese rolls down the hill. People run after it. People bail. They spin. They follow the, the direction of the cheese. And the first person across the line gets the wheel, the big wheel of cheese. Mm. That's how it works, Steph. Well, um, I'm going to say spare a thought for Canadian contestant Delaney Irving. Uh, she won the women's race. Fantastic. Yeah, good on her. Um, the only catch is that she was unconscious for the last three, uh, the last quarter of it. So she was all good for up until three quarters away. She uh, rolled and hit her head. All she remembers is waking up. This is what this is a quote, direct quote from her on the telly. 
I just remember hitting my head, and now I have a whole block of cheese. <laughs> One of the all-time great quotes. She won the race. So I'm, I'm wondering if the technique is actually to just knock yourself out so that your body just ragdolls. Because yeah. pro- you're probably scared when you're conscious. You're sort of pulling back. Or but rigid, just yeah. knock yourself out, literally, and just roll down the hill and you'll win the cheese. Jeez I wonder Louise. if they. I wonder if they they could sell that cheese for a hefty price, because not only is it a big wheel of cheese, it's a winning wheel of cheese. It is the winning wheel of cheese that rolls down the mountain. Surely that goes for a fair bob. Yeah, trademe.co.uk. Maybe pays for the uh, CT scan that she's going to have in hospital yeah. later. Um, now you've heard of cocaine beer. You know yes. that movie, the cocaine beer, and yes. they're going to make a movie about the cocaine shark or sharks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get ready for the very true story of the cupcake beer. Yeah, that's a cupcake beer. Uh, a, Connecticut, a Connecticut bakery by the name of Taste by good, Spellbound. Good name. In the uh, town of Avon. We're loading cakes into a van for delivery yesterday when a grizzly beer showed up. There are between, uh, sorry, a black beer. There are between 1,000 and 1,200 black bears living in Connecticut, the state environmentally uh, environmental agency says. Uh, sightings last year in 158 of the state's 169 towns and cities. So they're quite common, you might say. Mm. Um, so what happened was they were loading uh, the cupcakes into the back of the truck. The beer comes in while they're loading it up. They all get scared naturally, and they're trying to shoo it away. I don't know how you shoo a beer away, but they're, get out of here. Go eat. Go on. Get, get out of here. Leave it. Leave it alone. Apparently it was a car horn, just tooting the car horn that got rid of it. Not before it had made off with 60 of the cupcakes <gasps> staff, which is quite a meal for the young black beer. And uh, I'm not sure what the health risks to animals are of so much sugar intake but mm, mm. Um, in any case he would have had a great time 60 of them that's five the dozen uh, that's two hundred dollars worth i'm just looking at their menu on, you? on the website <laughs> well, good on you. they well, are uh, a cupcake specialist uh, now uh, my final uh, news story comes to us all the way from the great people at nasa the oh. national aero Nordis- was it aero space agency um they're set to make history Today, in fact, it might have actually already come out. I wrote the story this morning by making UFO findings public for the very first time. Unidentified flying object sightings have been made mocked, has been mocked by everyone over the uh, course of the, well, our human existence, really. But the findings are no joke, staff. Thomas Zuberchin, previously the Associate Administrator for Science at NASA, announced a study group last June saying NASA believes that the tools of scientific discovery are powerful and do apply in this field. We have access to a broad range of observations of Earth from space, and that is the lifeblood of scientific inquiry. Mm. Um, They previously stated that there is no hard evidence of alien life in the universe, though they did conclude a current set of data makes it difficult to draw up any conclusive scientific results. So a public hearing today will see a panel of uh, people working on the study talk about their findings so far, the first time NASA has ever done this in relation to what we call in the biz staff UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. No longer call them UFOs, it's got bad connotations. UAPs. UAPs. So um, I've actually got here, don't expect uh, it to be too in-depth as the study group will present their full findings uh, in July. Yeah, I've just gone on the NASA website. Nothing yet. Uh, TBC. We're ahead of it. Uh, I do have a fact. Would you like me to do it now? Would you like me to wait? I'm going to wait. We're going to do it after the break. Yeah, please. Okay, I'll do it after the break. break. Now, do you hear that? Yeah. Sounds a bit UAP inspired. <clears throat> well, I tell you that. I feel that. like tapping my wrists and going to sleep. Fantastic, Steph. You know why? This song 
It's called Weightless by Meccano Union. It is a song that's proven to reduce anxiety by 65%. Mm. Specifically designed to slow your heart rate, reduce blood pressure and lower cortisol levels. It's so effective that it's dangerous to drive while listening to because it can make you feel drowsy. Our listeners are driving. Do you think they are? I think they are. I think they're pulling over. Oh, is this a bit of ASMR now, isn't it? It's actually a bit weird. Someone should fade that down if I can. <laughs> but there you go. These are my fact of the day. Enjoy it. <laughs> Weightless by... Maconi Union. James Maconi? Could be. And the Union Brew Bar. Oh, thoughts abound. Um, after two o'clock, TJ, Sky Sport Rugby commentator, will have a look through the weekend's uh, final Super Rugby Round Robin. Uh, finals are just around the corner. This time next week, we'll be previewing the quarterfinals, which is fantastic. And also, still to come in the next hour, Scotty Sattler, former Queensland and Penrith Rock. Part of that SEM commentary team talking about last night's origin. But Karen McCarthy's here with the news and TJ after that. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Struggling to get through to TJ at the moment. Uh, what I will do is give you the lineups for the. I think it's the first game of the weekend, isn't it? Blues Highlanders. It is. It is indeed. Big old match. Just just looking at the table, actually. First of all, going into the final round, where the Highlanders find themselves on 23 points, gripping on to eighth. They're just one point ahead of the Force, and one point ahead of the Drua. So if I have a look at the um, matches for the Force and the Drua, uh, the Drua are hosting the Reds. They could probably win that. The Force are hosting the Chiefs. I think I read a stat that the Force are unbeaten at home. Is that right? Can't be right because they've only they've lost eight games. But they've got a very good record at home, the Force. But on balance, you'd expect the Chiefs to win. I think the Drua's a coin flip. So... Um, and going into the Highlanders match, they won't know the results of those ones. So we have to wait and see if they could get the win. They're going to be in. Um, the lineups are for the Highlanders. Uh, Mitch Hunt his play is starting at 15. I'm interested they didn't start Conor Bishop at fullback. I think he's been a Good player for them this season. What do you think, Landers fans? Text me through, double eight, double three. But Mitch Hunt gets the start. Maybe an experience thing, maybe. Um, and he also covers 10. Freddie Burns starts in the 10. So anyway, Mitch Hunt, John Onorecki, Scott Gregory. Uh, then we've got Matt Funga, Sam Gilbert, Freddie Burns, Aaron Smith. Good back line. 
Uh, forward pack from the props, De Groot, Ainsley and Makaleo. And you could suggest he's lucky to be playing after the the tackle last week. You could say the same with Frizzell, actually. Uh, Putty Putty Parkinson and Hicks are the locks. Frizzell, Renton, Harmon is the loose forward trio. Uh, for the Blues, uh, it was expected last week that Bowden Barrett, he sat out last week, would play this week. But obviously the cut, I think it's on his heel, isn't well enough to take the field. I guess if they, if it was a must-win game, they'd, I don't know, put a few pairs of socks on him and wound glue, all that sort of stuff. But they've got Zan Sullivan at the back, Mark Talia, Caleb Clark, the wings. That's a good back three. Uh, Rika Ioani, Harry Plummer at 12. Where's Bryce Heem? He must be injured because he's not on the bench either. He's been fantastic. Perifeta at 10, Finley Christie 9. Then their front row, Nipu Lalala, Ofatunga Fasi, Ricky Rikitalian. That's a front row clash we've got there. Uh, Taka and Tui Palotu are your locks and a loose forward trio of Dalton Papali'i, Anton Segna, and fantastic to see Big Red, the source, Tom Robinson, getting a start. Look at the benches for the Blues, Eklund, Jordan Lay, Renata, Rob Rush, yoo-hoo, he's on the bench. Akira Yuani, Sam Nock, Roger Tuivasa Shek gets a Blues jersey to wear on the bench for a while. He'll, he'll play. Did he, he get named? I thought he didn't get named. He's on the bench. Huh. I think he wasn't going to be named, and then Bowden Barrett was out, so Peter right. came in. So there you go. Um, oh, it's a different back line they named yesterday. Beavers just text me. So it's different than what I'm reading out. <laughs> is that what you mean, Beef? I'm just going off tribe, which is normally 100% accurate. Don't know what to do now. So that's just breaking news, developing stories. Jesus, uh, Beaver on the money. Well, I'll tell you what, TJ might have the uh, might have the word, but we're just waiting to hear back from him. So uh, while we wait, Steph, and while you gather yourself uh, and your team lists, why don't I run through uh, the the charity horse for for this week? Oh, and have our you done for purpose? Have you taken? Well, the I haven't. I haven't. I've just been given it. So this okay. time, I refuse to take any responsibility. Because you do remember, I um, you know. Yeah, I refuse to take any responsibility unless it comes in. Okay. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Tell you what, it's been a long season, actually. <laughs> it's been a very long season. When, when's our rest and rotation? Um, oh, I know. So, actually, yes, I see the team here now. Sorry. All right, well, you just keep that up your sleeve. Yeah, um, thanks, Beef. Because we won a massive $6 shot last week. Um, it was of, Art Attack. Courtesy of... Oh, did you pick it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Sorry, I've got here... Courtesy of Millie Toll. I don't know who Millie Toll is, but uh, that's my. Oh, is that your offsider? That's my. That's your alter, alter ego. ego. Okay, um, three hundred bucks, which we will take. Thank uh, you. We are still behind, but we are into, We are in a very close second, uh, last place behind <laughs> breakfast. Um, but we have mornings on thirteen hundred. We got drive on fifteen hundred. We we'll catch him. We'll catch him. So uh, this one uh, comes actually from Charlie. Charlie Waite. Oh, Charlie Waits, because yeah. the Concrete Cowboy. The Concrete Cowboy, the Taranaki Timberman. <laughs> uh, the the R.M. Williams the, wearing yeah, uh, red cowboy, model. The Cowboy. Um, what day? The Ethereal Einstein. He uh, has picked Invercargill on Monday. He actually strikes me as a bit of an Inver guy. On Monday? Yeah. I haven't even got the fields. Haven't you? Well, that, gives, that makes us ahead of the, ahead of the curve. Hey, we're ahead of the curve here. Jeepers. Um, Mon- Monday in Chicago. I think it's Monday. King's birthday. 
Must be. I don't know. Race six, number uh, eight. Invercargill, you see Ashburton. Yeah, okay. Race six, number eight. Yeah, ideal double. Mm. And I think I think he's quite clever here, Charlie, because he's picked that given that it would be the ideal double for us back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, Should we yeah. win? Uh, it's been going great guns with a win and a placing from its uh, two starts. And despite uh, its draw, which is supposedly quite bad, uh, it can make its presence felt. So take, he's take that as you will. Cliches. Take that as you will. Look, Charlie, Make his look, presence just, just felt. be a little bit more expressive and Life don't rely on cliches. Should I get Charlie in here, actually? Just give me a second. You just talk amongst yourself. Tony Johnson's ringing us. Okay, we won't get Charlie in here then. There uh, you go. That's our charity tip. Answer the phone, Tim. Answer the phone. Okay, so the official team, thank you to B for alerting me. I've gone to the Blues website. Tonga Fassi, Rikitali, La La La, Tupelaru Tucker, Robinson, Signet, Popoli, Fords are the same. Finley Christie, Harry Plummer in 10. Bryce Heem at 12. Good. Caleb Clark, Mark Talia, Ricky Ioani Centre, Zan Sullivan, Bench of Eklund, Lay, Renata, Rob Rush. What's the asterisk? Debutant. Uh, Kerry Ioani, Sam Nock, Perifeta Bench, AJ Lamb. Okay. It's always good. It's always good. Um, we're just two minutes away from, from TJ. Um, oh, I'm jumping all over the place, but I have to share this with you. The story from Sam Swartz making news about the um, cupcake-stealing bear, lion, tiger. Sorry, did, so I missed that, but did so Roger is playing? No. Right. Roger's not there. Roger's not Something's there. Got, something is going on there, people. Oh, you don't know about my cakes. Well, no, I just something's going on with Roger. And, something and, about and Roger Rabbit. Something about Roger, something about Blues, is something about NZR. It's a little trifecta, a little triumvirate. Because I'd imagine if... Let's suppose that... Um, Don't need to keep this up, actually. Is this, Are we wading into this territory? or? I'm just, I'm just going to say, imagine there was a cafe meeting of mm. Mark Robinson, mm-hmm. um, Leon McDonald, or CEO of the Blues, Cam George... And Roger, two of us are shit. And they said to Roger, what do you want to do? And he says, am I going to the World Cup? No, wow. No. That, yeah. That would have to involve Fozzie then. Yeah, well, he's not. I'm pretty sure he knows he's not. We've just lost TJ. Maybe he's involved in that conversation and he's... Uh, oh. We've... And then, and then Cam George said, would you like to come to the Warriors now if you're allowed? I think Roger goes, yep. And then Cam George said to Mark Robinson, can we have him now? Big old questions. Big old where's questions. The, where's the hurdle in that four-person conversation at the cafe? Well, he's just put me on hold again, has Sam. That must be TJ ringing back. Oh, no, TJ's ringing Sam on the mobile phone. <laughs> oh, he's in now. His injury cover. Oh, my goodness. Heem is injured. So I just cannot find the right team, people. Ken, where are you? Has Ken texted me? Uh... I don't think it win by knockout. The lighter weights hardly ever get a finish. He wins on points. That's Chris talking about Kaikara France. Mark Ellis won the cheese race back in the day uh, and a flip at the end. He got mowed out. Good viewing. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I remember seeing that as well. Um, UAP regarding NASA is short for you ape. <laughs> um. Now, I think, have we got him here now? Oh, thank you to uh, New Zealand Phone Lines. Uh, joining us now, Tony Johnson, Sky Sports, voice of rugby. TJ, um, was a messy, but we got there eventually. 
Oh, mate, that's all my fault. I, I was at the gym and I got halfway back home and I realised I'd left my phone at the gym, which is something I do quite often. So I've had to go back and get it. And uh, yeah, sorry to sorry to throw you into a tizz like that. Nice. That's all right. That's all right. I want to talk a couple of things that have come up rugby wise recently. Um, I think it's been a good week for the Hurricanes. Uh, good ten days, is it? Billy Proctor. And Clark Laidlaw gets the head coaching gig for next year. They're the first of the big vacating head coach franchises to have secured someone. Yeah, bit of a, a, a tug of war too. Um, and the Blues, well, if, if it's true that they were after Dave Rennie, they dipped out there and they've dipped out with Clark Laidlaw. It's interesting because obviously for quite a while now, his involvement has been in sevens, of course, he came out here um, for, for a different role, and he's already had one role at the Hurricanes, but everyone you talk to is very impressed by him, uh, very well organised uh, into structures and things like that. So, Evan Lee, I think he's, uh, he's done a pretty good job here. He's got the, the, the man he wanted, and uh, the, the Blues uh, continuing to cast the net. I'm sure they'll come up with someone worthy, but it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's quite a significant... Um, I think, um, to get a guy who, who will have some new faces on the panel too, obviously with Chris Gibbs standing down as well. Um, and two departures, let's do them one at a time. Sam Whitelock, I wouldn't say worst kept secret, but um, we pretty much knew he'd sort of indicated he was done, but he's telling us where he's going. Yeah, no great surprise. Uh, off to France to join brother Luke at Poe. It's a, it's a famous club. I think Conrad Smith played there for a while. And no one would begrudge him. I mean, you know, at, at his stage of life, he, you know, deserves the opportunity. He's going to go for, I think, a couple of years. He's going to take the family with him. Uh, it'll be a great experience for him and, and just something he richly deserves. He's given all he could uh, both to uh, the Crusaders and to New Zealand rugby. Uh, leaves a massive hole to fill because not just a, a you know a great um, all-round player, but just such a bit of a scientist when it comes to the line-out. And I think... Mm. You know, obviously, you still got time to go in the black jersey, but I think uh, I'll always remember the line-out steal that was destined for Victor Matfield and never made it at a crucial stage of the World Cup semi-final in uh, at uh, Twickenham in in, in 2015. Um, and and you know, all I can say is best of luck to him. Darren Shand, a very familiar face to all of us who's been um, part of the All Blacks environment for nigh on 20 years. TJ, he's off as well. Yeah, and part of a, an ongoing changing of the guard in the All Blacks, obviously, uh, you know, the, I suppose the, the the focal point of it or the key point of it has been uh, Scott Robertson. But I, but also, I think Gilbert Anoka is one who's been around even longer, uh, departing, and now Darren Shand. It's it's no great surprise. It's been an interesting role. He he's been a, he's a fairly quiet, unassuming sort of a guy publicly. Behind the scenes, has been a, a very important role. When he first came into the team, it was it was almost as if he was the chief executive officer, a very low-key chief executive officer. I think that New Zealand Rugby decided they couldn't have, afford to have a situation where, uh, you know, the manager was just there at the coach's beck and call. In fact, the buck really did stop with Darren Shand, um, that, that, that the coaches really answered to him. I mean, it's not that he, he um, flexed his muscles or threw that around, but that was the structure, and I think it worked very well. And it just it changed towards the end of Steve Hansen's tenure, when I, I you get the feeling that Hansen wanted to assume a, a, a more leading role in the scheme of things, and he he promoted um, Gilbert Inoka to a to a co-manager's role, and it was it was just an interesting a bit of a power play I thought, um, but but to me you know Darren Shand uh, he, he 
was a, a very important part of, uh, you know, in a, in a great all-black era that saw them win two World Cups. He brought some stability to the role where they really, you'd had Colonel Cuddles and then you'd had um, <laughs> Tony Thorpe, who was kind of there as a, um, he, he was really a guy there to do the beck and call for, for, for John Mitchell and Robbie Deans. And, and I think he stabilised things very well, Darren Sham. But I think definitely, uh, probably overdue, and I'm, just, I'm not referring specifically to, to Darren or anyone, but I think some overall uh, a need for, for fresh voices, fresh ideas, fresh uh, changes, that, 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 and, and we're seeing that now. And some might say maybe you know it could have happened a bit earlier, but here we go. Um, I, before while we're trying to get you up online, I was struggling to find what the actual Blues team is going to be tomorrow night, and I've just realised the first team I read out was actually right, with Bryce Heem having to pull out. Still no Bowden Barrett, Peter Fetter off, not much rugby. Has the guiding ten jersey, Harry Plummer to twelve, and Roger Tuivasa Sheik. The the mystery of what's happening with him continues. Uh, and I mentioned when when we spoke to Brendan from TAB about I, there's just a sniff of a hijack in the air for the Highlanders. Sorry, I hadn't caught up with the fact that Bryce Heem was out. I'd, I'd seen a team that he was in it. Yeah, no, so on their Facebook page an hour ago, and I quote, Uncle Bryce has unfortunately been ruled out of tomorrow's game, which sees Stevie come into 10, Harry to 12, and Roger moves to the bench. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, um, that's, that's a, a bit of a shame for, for Bryce Heen because he's been mm. playing so well. And uh, obviously the, the limelight was very much stolen by Mark Talia last week. But Heem in recent weeks, uh, he, he's just been showing so much thrust in the middle of the park. Uh, um, Harry Plummer has been rock solid. Uh, there was nothing flash about his performance last week, but in, in difficult conditions, you know, he didn't, there wasn't, uh, quite the fluency about the back play because it was a new combination. Um, but no, I'm not really surprised to see that. Um, it, it just seems that Roger Tuivasa Sheik now, uh, he, he's made his call to move on. Uh, I, I guess he's going to see the season out, but uh, I, I guess that others in front of, in, in front of him in the queue, uh, Plum deserves to stay there, and I think they'll want to get Peter Fetter some more game time ahead of the playoffs. Massive match for Fijian and Drua, who, with a win over the Reds, can potentially take a number eight spot uh, if the Highlanders weren't to beat the Blues. Um, if they make the eight, what a what a successful season for them. Yeah, it would be, and they're a danger of doing that. And this is, um, you know, the thing for the uh, the Highlanders, you mentioned a possible hijack. Well, that's what they've got to do at Eaton Park. Anything less than that, they've got three teams that can pass them. Uh, they're just a, one or two points behind the Reds and the, uh, that uh, are already in the in the top eight, but the Drua can, can get up. And, of course, we know how difficult they are uh, to play at home. The Reds coming off a, a disappointing loss last week. Uh, yeah, it was a great try taken well at the end by Falau Fakatava, but I, I thought uh, the Reds got a pretty unlucky break. I felt there was a, a, a definite uh, hint of a forward pass in the lead-up to the Highlanders' second-to-last try, the one that uh, put them in front for a wee while. So they'll be disappointed, and they know that they'll have to bounce back from that. But it's it's not an easy spot to win, uh, and I'm sure that the Drua will be well fired up and it just goes to, I know there are people who say, you know, eight is too many to have in the playoffs, but when you get a scrap going on for the last couple of spots, going down to the, you know, the last games of the, the regular season, it's still, to me, it, it does, it, it, it provides a 
an extra layer of interest. Yeah, it sure does. And, um, you know, the ones that are safe, obviously the Chiefs uh, secured in that number one spot. I haven't seen a team for the them yet on Sunday. Have you had any word on um, are they sending players home or are they all going to go and take on the force? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I think there was a, a feeling after the game last week that they were they were all going to head off. I, I haven't heard of anyone coming home. I'm basically uh, just waiting to, to see what the team is. And, and it's an interesting one too because I think they'll want to keep the momentum going. Um, obviously, uh, the force have got plenty to play for as well. Although they'll know their fate by the time that game comes around. The thing is... Uh, being played so late in the weekend, it just shortens the turnaround a bit for the Chiefs, so that may factor into their team selection. I, I would be very surprised to see them at full strength, but by the same token, I don't think they'll run out of B team either. And lastly, um, Moana Pacifica, while I was delighted for the draw, I was heartbroken for Moana Pacifica in a high-scoring, high-entertainment affair last week, and I really felt for Christian Liliofano, who's put so much effort into this this new franchise, just a storied rugby player, wonderful backstory. I think I wanted that kick to go over for them. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, it, it would have been great. I mean, obviously the uh, Dua fans wouldn't agree with you. Mm. Uh, and look, it wasn't the hardest kick he's ever taken in his life either. He played very well. I mean, he was instrumental in giving them a chance at, at pulling off something quite sensational. But I'm afraid that's been the story of this season. There's been three games now where they've either led uh, with the clock in the red or they've had the chance to take the lead and win the game with the clock in the red, and they haven't taken either of them. Uh, after a week in which it was announced, obviously, um, you know that um, uh, Aaron Major's stepping down, a lot of uncertainty over uh, what's going to happen in terms of coaching, but also a lot of their players as well, who I think all of them were on two-year contracts. I don't know how many they've re-signed. So uh, to me... Um, yeah, it'd be nice to, to, to see them finish and, and maybe get that elusive win this weekend. But I think even even if they were to do that, uh, there's a lot of, I guess, questions uh, to be answered. A lot of pieces of the dig sort of fall into place uh, for, for what they're going to be able to come up with for next season. Mm. TJ, appreciate your time. I'm pleased you've been to the gym. I'm pleased you've got your phone. And I'm pleased we're going to hear you commentating the rugby this weekend. Yeah, mate, I'm uh, looking forward. I've got the game at uh, Eden Park, and, and I've done plenty of these Blues-Highlanders games over the years, and, uh, you know, there's usually a bit of drama, so, uh, yeah, I look forward to it, mate. Perfect. Thanks so much, TJ. Okay. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. Uh, we'll come back after a break. Show you the money. Not, not so you. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Radio Sam, uh, full board of calls, spin the wheel, buddy. Uh, they keep coming in thick and fast, but I think we've got uh, Clay on the line from Westport. G'day, Clay. G'day, guys. How's things? Oh, Clay, I had a, I had a night yep. in Westport not long ago. What a great part of the world you live in. Oh, cheers, Daffy. Yeah, um, yeah, been a while, mate. I used to ring up a, um, now and then, but um, yeah, no, good to get through. In you come, in you come. So we get a four-leg multi uh, myself and Sammy, as always, but we've got another guest selector who's giving us a hand selector. today. Uh, Boris English. Welcome in, Boris. G'day, g'day. It's Brendan, but I'll go by Boris for today. <laughs> so, um, where should we start, Sammy? Um, uh, well, I think we go Clay last. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Um, 
I'll kick it off. first. Yeah, I'll you kick go, it you off. Kick us off, mate. I'm just going straight head to head. Super rugby, Fiji and Drua at home, potentially a top eight job on the line. The Reds. So hard to follow this year. I just think the home ground advantage, Fiji and Drua, two dollars ten. Log it in. Oh, okay. Show me the money. Okay, two dollars ten right off the bat. Um, don't mind it. Don't mind it, Steph. Um, Brendan. Boris, do you want to go next? Yes, I'm actually going with a good friend of mine. A lot of people don't know this. Actually taught this bloke how to tie his shoelace. Um, Kai Cutter France. Yeah, true story, true story. Yeah. Wow. Good friend of mine, actually. Yeah, yeah. Good. It's like we found out Joey Bell was mates with um, Nathan, Cleary. Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I know most you know. of the CKB boys, actually. Um, yeah, all good friends. Personally, good friends. or you know them personally, you just know them? Ah, a bit of both. Um, yeah. yeah, a bit of both. Uh, no, I'm taking um, Kai just head-to-head over his opponent. Um, Who's his opponent, Sunday? sorry? Amir. What's his last name? Just trying to find that on Sorry, here. You'll, you'll be able to find it. Just look at your It's the last bout on the... Di- I got it. I got it. Dollar 87. Amir Albazi. It's not that complicated, Brendan. 187. On. I just know him. I know him well, Kai. Yeah, true story. <laughs> right, well, uh, difficult week in the NRL, staff because obviously a lot of teams with Origin players, are they going to back up? Are they not going to back up? A lot of them have been named. Does it mean they're going to play? You never actually know. Um, not to mention the fact that a lot of teams are coming off a bye. So I've gone through, and I feel like this one isn't totally outrageous. It's at $1.42, so it's pretty conservative. And it's uh, the Melbourne Storm against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cowboys have really been struggling. All at sea. But they are getting back. If Should they back up, they will be getting Ruben Cotter, Valentine Holmes, who both had great origins. They'll be getting those guys back. Um, but similarly for the Storm, they're going to get Munster back. Um, and Harry Grant. So I think a dollar forty-two. the Melbourne Storm head-to-head against the Cowboys. That's what I'm going to take. Mm. You know, I haven't picked like anything over like a dollar eighty in the last month and a half because I'm just so scared. Correct. And uh, Have you guys won one? Has yeah. ever been uh, we one? don't talk about that. It's not what it's about, Brennan. It's yeah. about having fun. It's about enjoying yes, ourselves. No. We've won more than one. It's about enjoying yourself. It's about having a good you time. You were really close it's not about the other the week, money. I remember. That's why they call it gambling and not winning, Brendan. Mm. Okay? It's all about the fun and play. You're about to have some fun because you are the fourth leg, the anchor, some would say, in this multi. All right, here we go. Um, what do we got, Crusaders? Head to head. That's what I might just go and lock it in. Okay, Crusaders head to head, Great and choice. we've got that at a dollar forty-seven. He reckons, Steph. Dollar forty-seven. Yours, that, please. That'll do me, matey. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, I'll just give you a little. Sure, so uh, we're going to put those four legs together at the moment. It's a, at a very just sultry eight dollars and nineteen cents. Mm. So it's a little devil. And you put a fifty dollar. Three hundred and eighty-three. Three hundred and sixty-nine dollars oh. and eighty-six cents, Clay. That's close. It's, it's not bad. A, this is it. pay your coffees for a couple of months. Better than a poke in the eye. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, top man, Clay. Top man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We wish you luck. Cheers, Daffy. Cheers, Love. brother. Clay, we're sp- just a little something you brought up there, Sammy. A little bit of a fact here for you. Origin. And people say, oh, look, they're going to be knackered after Origin if yeah. they have to that short turnaround. Yeah. I asked James Maloney because he played Origin. I said, he backed up three days. I said, are you knackered? And he said, nah. I reckon, yeah. He said, it's the week after. Oh, interesting. So you go game, three days, game. He said, it's the one a week after that. That's the one where you're broken. I, I can see that. And, and this game's on a Sunday. So it's, you know, it's a four-day layover, which you'd think is enough. The Friday games I'll be a little bit nervous about. But yeah. It's the Friday ones next week. Mm. Yeah, no, that so makes, if you find yeah, that a team sense. that's got origin players that played last night and then they play this weekend and then they play again next Friday, fade them, lay them, don't want them. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk some rugby league, actually, with one of the absolute champions, uh, former player, current SEN host as well across in Australia. Scotty Sattler will join us after this break.
Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Joining us now, uh, just got off the plane, uh, returning back from the beautiful, I love Adelaide, I absolutely love it, it fits me, it fits me. Does it fit you, Scotty Sattler, did you enjoy your time in Adelaide? Hey, Staffy, kia ora. Um, yeah, I, I, did, I did like it, I haven't been to Adelaide that much actually, because uh, we had a team in the comp once upon a time for a couple of years, the Adelaide Rams back in 97, 98, then they were booted out of the competition, so I haven't had any other chance to really go back there unless it's origin uh 2020 were there and last night as well uh the the scenes in the streets are amazing staffy a lot of maroon and blue jerseys spilling out into the streets out of the pubs before the before the game and there's a really good atmosphere at the game it's not really a field that's conducive for rugby league but Mm. yeah it's got great history that ground and it was um it was a good setting for what was an amazing Amazing victory. What what is league like in Adelaide? Because I'm imagining when the Rams were on, that was when you were with Gold Coast Chargers, I think. So they they, yep. they had a taste of league. How do they get their fill up of league now? Yeah, n- not a lot to be quite honest. Yeah, there's a couple of like uh, lowly sort of ranked pub competitions, but there's nothing of of any national significance. And mm. I suppose that's always been the argument of why we would take a game like State of Origin to a place where there doesn't seem to be any future-proofing for the sport, but it all comes down to governments and how much they're willing to pay, and uh, 48,000 people there last night in a 52,000-seat stadium is not too bad for an AFL-orientated landscape. So what went wrong for New South Wales? We see every year they've got the rock stars on the paper, but uh, Queensland seemed to have the rock stars in their heart. Um, a d- different mindset it looked like between the two teams last night, Sats. Yeah, Staffy, there's this argument that Queensland wanted more, and I, I've never bought into that argument. I always think New South Wales and Queensland, they want us exactly the same. There's so much at stake, and Every player knows what's at stake when you play Origin. So I think that's a moot point, to be honest. But when you're in the moment, it's when you make the decisions at key times of a match. So, for example, a couple of times the ball just hit the ground for whatever reason, but a Queensland player thinks straight away, that I've got to put my head over that ball and I don't care what happens to me when I try and retrieve that ball. And that was that's the difference, I suppose, in these matches that Queensland keep winning. And... Over the years, New South Wales have done the same and have been, have been um, you know, quite comprehensive in their wins. But historically, I think New South Wales are guilty at times, Staffy, of thinking about 10 minutes to go, we're leading by two, let's just get to full time. Let's just try and get this full time hooter out and let's just try and get game one as a win. Whereas Queensland say, OK, there's 10 minutes to go, we're two points down, we need to play play-by-play, play. just like, you know, just basically it's got to be death by a thousand cuts. We've just got to play-by-play, play, let's win the next play, then win the next, the next play, and then win the next play. And I think that's where Queensland get into this this mindset where everything is just, you know, everything's all about momentum, and they continue just to slowly build in that final 10 minutes. The final 10 minutes of any sporting any sporting game that's that's the one that exposes your character the final 10 minutes. And Queensland just seemed to be able to find the right plays and the right decisions at the right time. 
You talk about decisions, and, and that's a point I wanted to pick up with you. The decision makers in the teams. I mean, Cam Munster was brilliant. Nathan Cleary probably didn't have his best origin game. James Tedesco has had a pretty tough 2023, and I think that while he ran a lot of metres, um, he made mistakes we're not used to seeing of him. So just to expand on that decisions, the players making those decisions, did, was that the difference in the end scoreline? Yeah, I just think it's how you handle the, the various scenarios that are thrown in front of you as a, as a player. And I've got to say, Cam Munster, he, he laid on the first try for Hamaso Tabuai Fido. Um, but it, outside of that, defensively, he was outstanding. But outside of that, he was he was quiet. He wasn't heavily involved from an attacking point of view. But then all of a sudden, when the game was on the line, he goes, Skip, skip, skip. Puts Hamaso Tabuafido down the sideline, who burns James Tedesco, one of the best players in the world, to score underneath the goalpost to take all of a sudden take a lead, and then all of a sudden another high ball goes up. Lindsay Collins, a big far row, jumps mm. up, takes a mark over the top of Tedesco, and offloads to the man who probably didn't, who shouldn't have been there. It wasn't his side of the field that he usually plays on, and, and Cameron Muster turns up at the right time. So. You know, it's, it's those little moments in games. And, and Staffy, that last try to Munster, the, the high kick went up from Daly Cherry Evans. James Tedesco was left there like a shag on a rock. There's no Blues players around there to protect yeah. him. There's no Blues players behind him in case the ball was knocked backwards, whatever it may be. But you look at the frame, and there was five Queensland players all pushing through, trying to just get there in case they were needed. And, and they came up with the, with the end result. So... Another one of those performances that we'll continue to talk about for many, many years when we talk about the, the history of State of Origin victories. Talking to Scott Sattler, SEN uh, commentator last night in the neutral team. In the neutral team, I tell you what, um, Sats, uh, me and Sam have been talking about Origin all day and he calls the games for the Warriors a massive league. And I, I want Sam to ask some questions because at the end he said, why didn't you ask him about this? Or say, What's burning in your mind? <laughs> not that, not, you're not that bad, Steph. Yeah. Now, Sats, I think that there's a lot of pressure, obviously, on Freddie now. And um, there was criticism or doubt over some of the selections he made. And the fact that they lost the game, I think, puts even more heat on some of those selections. And given the guys that aren't in the team, when you look at Campbell Graham, Dylan Edwards, Nico Hines, barely got a look at last night. Freddie's almost in a lose-lose situation now, isn't he? Because if he makes changes and it doesn't work, he gets criticised. If he stays what he's got and he loses, he gets criticised. It's all on Freddie and selection, isn't it, for game two? It's got to be so specific, Sammy. It's a really good question because, you know, there's only, you've really only got two games. If you win game one, 76% history tells you you go on and win the series. Game two, New South Wales haven't won game two at Suncorp Stadium after losing game one since 1998. Oh. So history's against you straight away. So, so for Freddie, he either stays solid and says, okay, the guys that I picked in game one, I've got faith in you, go out and get retribution to beat a Pangai Jr., Hudson Young and co. And if they get beaten, you're exactly right. So it all comes down to results. I mean, if he gets game two and then gets game three... Even if they play well and lose, I think he's under a lot of pressure. If they play well and, and, and obviously win the game, well, Freddie gets another couple of years. It just comes down to results. Mm. And selection is really important. I, I thought they got selections wrong before the game last night. I thought Tavita Pangai Jr. was a massive risk, to be quite honest. I thought Hudson Young was a, was a, a really good selection. But then you've got two other smaller forwards, the same sort of build and same sort of style of play in Cam Murray and Liam Martin 
So, you know, selections are really important. You can't have too many of the one thing. And I, I thought in New South Wales got a, a couple of selections wrong last night. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be staying corrected, but I think a couple of those players were they were burnt in the first ten or fifteen minutes. They got they got blown out of the game really early for the speed of it. Last question for me, my observation, and I'm asking you because you know a lot more about the game than me. Nico Hines, a wasted resource to me. He he, he screams starter to me, um, but more of a manager of a game rather than try and come and make an impact in an unfamiliar situation. Would you utilise him more? Could he potentially start? I think you either start him or you leave him out altogether. Yeah. Queensland were a little bit frantic last night, staff. They, they were... Um, they had two wingers that had to leave the field, and then so they had Ben Hunt playing right centre and David Feeder playing left centre, and New South Wales didn't try and attack them. Like just silly play, and um, would have Nico would have Nico been able to see that? Well, not quite sure. But if you've got an outside backer, a guy that can play four or five positions like Nico, they're really important to your side for those exact scenarios. And Queensland didn't have Kurt Catewell, who was a, a genuine second rower slash centre when you need to use him. So I think he'll come in possibly for game two. But Nico Hines, you either play him at 5'8", or you leave him out altogether. Um, and I thought Jerome Luai was actually one of the better players for New South Wales last night. So I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, Nico missed the tackle on Cameron Munster when he released Hamaso for that try under the post late in the game. So um, he, may have, he may have played a... He's one and only origin for a number of you know, for a number of years. We don't know until there's a, an opening for him. But I think it's going to be heavily discussed about whether he wears a number six jersey, whether they just finally just make the decision and say, we've got to pick a player that we've got to stick by for the next two or three years and maybe Nico wears the number six in in the game too. Sats, always enjoy our chats, buddy. I appreciate your input today. Always good. Anytime, Staffy. See you, guys. Cheers, mate. Scott Sattler there. Absolute uh, legend of the game of rugby league. Nico Hines. That's the one I'm looking for, selection-wise, for game two, which is, of course, at Suncorp. And we'll have live commentary of that as well. Uh, on the other side of this, we'll have a look back in the day. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Here's what happened back in the day. June the 1st, 1960, broadcast from Shortland Street in central Auckland, New Zealand's first official TV show or transmission, began at 7.30. It included an episode of The Adventures of Robin Hood, a live interview with a visiting British ballerina and a performance by the Howard Morrison Quartet. How good's that? First day of TV. On this day in 2002... Uh, disgraced former South African cricket captain Hansi Cronje was killed in a plane crash just outside the city of George. Uh, birthdays today, Lorraine Moller turns 68, former Olympic bronze medalist. 64 today, Martin Brundle, former British uh, motor racing driver. Justine Ennan, the Belgian tennis player, turns 41. Uh, ben Smith turns uh, 37 today. Natalie Rooney, Olympic silver medalist in shooting, is 35. And Frankie Mackay, one of us, she turns and age today, Frankie. On this day in 2000, Mission Impossible 2 was the number one movie and the number one song was Santana.
Big thank you to Sammy today for putting it all together. Uh, Sean Wallace, who was on the show, was fantastic. Tony Johnson and Scotty Sattler. The run home's coming at you, 3-6. I'll catch you tomorrow. We're doing Highlanders, Immortals.